2: Hello and welcome to the Rosh Markazi show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I am joined by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. It is raining in Southern California. I hope that does not uh, mean that Laker fans will be crying later. I don't think so. We'll see how this game plays out. Armani Buckets, this is his finals. This is his Super Bowl. This is his championship. Uh, You know, the first win came at crypto.com arena they are now moved to the united center in chicago our money buckets is home away from home how confident are you that the chicago bulls put the lakers out of the misery tonight here's the thing chicago bulls fans have very
3: low expectations for this team and the pressure is on the lakers tonight it really is the bulls yes they have something to play for they want to move up to the eight seed similar to the lakers but man The Lakers have the pressure on them because if they lose back-to-back games to the Bulls after what happened in crypto, after all that we've seen leading up to this moment, LeBron coming back, all the hoopla surrounding that. Hey, the pressure is on the Lakers, and I love it, and I was asking you off-air, what is the craziest thing that you can imagine Pat Bev doing if the Bulls win this game? Listen, I don't know what the answer that is. is.
2: That is the beauty of Pat Bev. Of course, uh, he he basically uh, gestured that LeBron was too small for him. Uh, he's had a lot done a lot of crazy things this season. He will perhaps get in... LeBron's face and as much as LeBron's been respectful towards Pat Bev, I think he likes Pat Bev. I think he's someone that, you know, he did enjoy having him as a teammate. We may see a situation if the Chicago Bulls are up and obviously Pat Bev would be in front of the home fans. I'd be curious if he, if he crosses a line to a point that forces someone to say, get the, you know, what out of my face. So we'll see, um, again. I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. I'm hoping that the Lakers are winning and putting Pat Bev in a situation where he's complaining to the officials or he's being quiet. But I can totally imagine if the Bulls are up big or if they're just up or if they win. I mean, Pat Bev may celebrate tonight like the Minnesota, like when when the Timberwolves won that play in game and it was like, wait, did they just win the championship? I, I, I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't happen yeah um
1: just adding on to this conversation today is going to show whether the lakers have what do we call it moxie oh yeah so that's the that's the professional business term of uh what we're trying to say here it's going to really show whether they got moxie i mean look at what the bulls did to them last game if you're truly tough if you're like if you're ready for the smoke like they need to come out and beat them Needs to be a statement win by the Lakers. It can't just be by two. It needs to be by ten plus, like the Bulls did to them on their home court. I'll That's just what take it takes. A, yeah,
2: I mean, I agree with you. Like at this point in the season, and, and, and we went over it yesterday. I just want to get the wins, you know. So nah, I really, but, yeah, no. Yes. But like, we got to win. So it's kind of like when we talk about like. Can they make it to the playing tournament? And you're like, I'd rather be the sixth seed. Yes, but I'd rather just make it to the playing tournament. Let me just get the win, and then we can. You know, there's, this is not top twenty five. This is not college. There, there's no, you know, um, you know, there's no beauty points here. This is a Wednesday night in Chicago, and they need a win. They need to. I, I, I see your point, but they got
1: disrespected at home. That's so fine. I, so the way for, for me, get that five I is to get a win. Okay, I, I get that. I get just a <laughs> win. But I, I, I want this team to reach its ceiling. And for them to reach its ceiling, they can't have these, like, they keep having these, like, four-point wins when they're up 20 in games. No, go win a game by 20. The Bucks go win games by 20. The Celtics, even though they lost by 20 yesterday, they go win games by 20. The I Cavs go win you, games
2: by 20. I promise you it doesn't matter at the end of the season because, Brandon, at the end of the day, if they win by six or if they win by ten... It'll, it'll, you, just have to you are right I just want to see an extra gear from this team is I my point I'm it. trying to make I love it and by the way we've seen that, that extra gear from time to time this is really the point of the season and again I love the mindset I love the mindset going in they disrespected us let's blow them out at the end of the day what I'm hoping for is a win because here's the thing if they had won the games that they're supposed to win if they had beaten Houston if they had beaten the Mavericks I'm not putting the, that Chicago game in that same category because they didn't I don't want to disrespect Chicago by saying they, they didn't show up. But that's the game when you look at the calendar, when you look at the schedule that they should not have lost. So I'm really not in this for beauty points. Come, I mean, I've seen the Lakers teams way, you know, not back in the day, but back in the day for you guys, you know, tw- 20 years ago, you know, no one cares that you won by a last second shot in game 7. Like you got to win. we got to win in advance, win in advance. And now you're at the point in the season where you really do have to win to get into that play-in tournament. And, uh, again, that's all I want for tonight is I want them to win.
3: Saying that, you know, the Chicago game is a game that you look at the schedule and you shouldn't lose. That's how teams view the Lakers. Do you understand that the
2: Bulls view the Lakers probably in that same lens? So to me, that's probably a mistake because they're not viewing this current construction of the team. I totally agree with you for the past year and a half. I would totally look at that team. When Pat Beff talked about this this team, it was so amazing because obviously you look at them on film and they're poorly constructed. They don't want to be there. They're not playing together. I would argue, and listen, by the way, if if, if teams still view them that way, this newly constructed team which is not the same team as it was prior to the trade deadline. If you still view them as like an easy W, good for the Lakers because they're not the same team. What
3: is the newly constructed team, though? Because I think last game, You've Jared Vanderbilt Jared Vanderbilt was a minus 25. Malik Beasley is receiving threats that are inhumane and he should not be receiving. D'Angelo Russell's missing games. Rui Hachimura's getting DNPs. What is the new team? Because it looks like all the new members—they're not, not consistent.
2: Really- well, they're not consistent, but we've okay. seen the high watermark. We've seen what this team could be in this team when they are playing together, when they're healthy. But here's the other thing that we have to, you know, really appreciate is that they were totally reconstructed. With the last 23 games left in the season. So they're doing, they're working through growing pains that you normally would in training camp, preseason, first quarter of the season. They're kind of having to do that now. What I like is that what I've seen from this team is when they are playing together, when they are healthy, their high watermark is perhaps could be the best team in the West. I don't know. I mean, that's if, again, we've seen that on some nights. And if you want to say that you have like, what it is is consistency, and we've talked about that. So they'll play like, oh, my God, they could be the team that comes out of the West on some nights. On the next night, they'll lose by 20 points to Chicago. That's yeah, the problem with this um, thing. Arash, you bring up excellent points, and yes, a win
1: is a win. We need to win tonight, especially with Oklahoma City choking to the Hornets yesterday. Although they came back, they choked, came back, and then, you know, Giddy, Williams, and Joe were all fantastic. P.J. Washington looked like the second coming of Christ, so Laker fans need to really go buy a P.J. Washington jersey today because... Now, even if the Lakers lose two games in a row, they still have a good shot at the 10 seed. Although that's a doomsday scenario. We need to win today. We need to win Friday. Friday's the bigger game. Today, yeah, I mean, obviously that this is for respect. This is to get back into that eight seed. Six and seven kind of, I wouldn't say almost out of question, but it's like Minnesota's winning like games they shouldn't win, and Golden State is going to win the rest of their games at home. So for me, it's like the Lakers are playing for the eight seed right now. Like I feel like that's probably, I, and I know statistically that's not best case scenario because they could still statistically get the five, the six, you know, but I'm just saying based on what I've seen from Minnesota with Cat and, Ta- and Edwards back, I think realistically the Lakers are playing for that eight seed. And to do that, they need to win against Chicago and Minnesota to be in that a great position going into next week,
3: you know? Yeah, I agree, but I wouldn't rule... If you beat the Timberwolves, then you have a chance to keep climbing, and the Warriors still have Denver on their schedule. They still have another difficult game on their schedule. They, they have Oklahoma City at home as well. I, we'll see, but man, what a gift the Hornets keep giving you guys. It is unbelievable. <laughs> Beating Dallas twice, which Dallas... Who knows what they are at this point. It looks like they, I I was going to say it looks like they're done, but then they come and respond against a terrible Indiana team. And then yeah, Charlotte, just PJ Washington just goes crazy against the thunder. And now the thunder had an easy three game stretch or what looked like an easy three game stretch with Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana. They lose the first one. And now all of a sudden. Yeah, that eight seed is within reach, and we talked about it. Eight at minimum should be the goal, because then you only have to win one to get into that playoff mix. But ah, tonight and Friday will be really telling, really telling.
2: And you uh, touched on it. I mean, the key there, and we've talked about this before, is the seven and eight seed matchup. The winner, they advance so that's the key there you you, you really if, if if you could uh, uh, listen seed, that's the dream because you're not even in the play-in tournament you're just in the playoffs. so that's great the seven eight seed you're in this play-in game seven would host it the eight would be the road team But the win the team that wins would advance the team that loses by the way they're not done so they get one more game to so Brandon's point nine ten is you know doomsday or not the preferred scenario. Why? Because a, you you have to win just to play one more game. So you, you, you have to win twice, but listen, the Lakers have put themselves in a position here where, you know, you can't, uh, you, you kind of have to just take what you can get at this point. And if they're the nine or 10 seed, not ideal, but at least they are at that point, two wins away from the playoffs. And so they've really been fighting this entire season. And by the way, guys, They still can't get above 500. We'll see if they do it on this road trip. If they come back from this road trip above 500, um, obviously I'm totally gonna be there at crypto, but they, they still can't get above 500.
1: I just keep thinking and it's like for me it's sorry there's a phone ringing and <laughs> my uh but I just keep thinking like I'm gonna answer this and hang up that's what you do to these spam calls <laughs> I hate spam calls what are you doing stop calling people there you go. know like go 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 make money don't don't fish people uh go get a job but uh no what I'm saying is uh, I, I, the thing is with the Lakers we've gotten to this point of rush and it's very stat and yes that is where we are with this team but Kobe, would he be playing for a game over 500? Like would he be stoked to be a game over five hundred? I just keep thinking of
2: how spoiled well, we were. There's a, there's there's two different Kobe's God, God bless. It was uh there was the Kobe obviously yeah. that won all those championships. I gotta be honest, like Kobe's last few years in the league, I, I think he would have worked great
1: position. Yeah. Uh, of course, but I'm saying like the prime Lakers, like early two thousands oh, yeah. or late, or this early two thousand ten. This
2: isn't that, right? I mean we I know, know, but we it's can kind all of, agree this isn't that
1: Yes, absolutely not. But it for me it's like so sad as a fan to like have Seen all that greatness growing up, and just see, like, now we're just happy to be 500. It's like, to me, that's like, what have the Lakers organization become? Yeah, in my opinion, we're not playing for 50 plus wins in a championship every year. What are we playing for? You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of unfortunate things have happened where we've dealt with injuries. We had a terrible team until the trade deadline. These are the like two deadline.
2: conversations. I mean, here's, here's the thing. They won a championship. They were one of the best teams in the league the following year. Again, yep. people do not appreciate the fact that they had, what, a 60-day like offseason? They had no time to recover. Yeah, that was back, ridiculous. They get hurt. For whatever reason, they took a sledgehammer to, to that team. They, they, they trade Kuzma, KCP, Montrezl Harrell, let Caruso walks when he's basically saying, I'll take a pay cut. I mean, they destroyed a championship team. My biggest regret is for a year and a half, they put a crappy product on the floor. I do at least have confidence that this team that they have right now, if they had a full year together, they're a top four seed in the West. And I'm not really going on a limb because, as we speak, I think they're they're two or three games back of being the four seed. So, no, this isn't Shaq and Kobe. This isn't Kobe Powell. This isn't even like the year that they won. No, you know, what? this could be potentially, but they, they 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 made these moves right at the the fourth quarter of the season. So they didn't make it at the beginning of the season. They didn't do it at the halfway point. I get the the longer you wait, the more, perf- you know, the, the, the greater the trade would be for them. They couldn't do the moves that they did before the season. That being said, they put themselves in a position with just 23 games left in the season. Now this is the team that can actually compete. Now what does compete mean? I think that they could, they could have been the four seed. They could have maybe gone to the conference finals. Maybe they could have gone to the finals. They're not that far off now, and maybe you guys disagree. The consistency is not there, but they really put this team together for the last quarter of the and season.
1: I know Armand's going to have some to say, and he's always hating on the Lakers. Again, it's like <laughs> it's like, dude, we act like you Armon a lot of times is saying like the Lakers are a bad basketball team, and he's right when they're not all healthy. But if D'Angelo Russell plays that game against Chicago, then you hold to do that. You're gonna see today when (laughs) D'Angelo takes your money and scores 35 on your on your head tonight on Beverly's head and does the two small on Beverly. Then you're gonna see like if he played Saturday. (laughs) It's like we can't judge the Lakers when they don't have a full product on the court. I I mean, like, look, if this continues, hold on, Armand. If it continues, where LeBron and Russell are both healthy, and then they lose fully healthy, they keep losing. Then you can have your point like, okay, this isn't a good basketball team. But the fact of the matter is when they're somewhat healthy, not even fully healthy, they have the fourth best record in the NBA since the trade deadline. You know, they're not a bad team. This isn't this team that went two and 10,
3: you know, yeah. I am numb to this talk and I really hope <laughs> that at some point we have some semblance of reality enter the discussion because listen, this Lakers team is still under 500. Whatever you want to say about the West and and how, you know, wide open it is. The Lakers have not once in my view shown that they are actually a contender. I don't take that Pelicans blowout as a sign of being a contender. I take it as a sign in the right direction, but then when you follow it up a week later, two weeks later, and you just get the doors blown off of you in a huge game against the bulls, I just, it's one step forward, one step back. And that's how it's been for the last year. Even when they're two and 10, they have one great moment and a terrible moment, another great moment and a terrible moment. And for all the talk about defense, 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 I just, I don't think that it's reality. I think that this team has the capability of stopping maybe one good player. But when a team has multiple good players, I don't think they can defend at that high level that people claim that they can. And then when you look at the possibility of a first round matchup, do you guys realistically think that this team can contend with the Denver Nuggets or the yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Maybe I not don't. Memphis. Memphis I mean, can, is tougher. What if, what is I don't agree with that either. What is content well, like a six-game series? Like you sure. You, do you ah, think yes. that they can
3: beat yes. Do you think do you think that they can beat the Denver Nuggets? I think these next I two weeks we will
1: see. I think it's certainly possible, but I mean it's like dude, Denver doesn't play defense. Memphis is a whole different story. Memphis is the hottest team in the NBA, and they have the best defense of the Western Conference. So no, I do not think we can beat the Grizzlies, though rush might be like experience, yeah, that plays a factor. It's certainly possible. I think the NBA is really pushing for the Lakers to play Denver in the first round. I think that's going to get a lot of ratings. I think people want to see the M- the three-time MVP or whatever versus the Lakers in the first round. I think we as NBA fans deserve that matchup. I think that'll be a six or seven game series. I can't say it's going to be anything less. I mean, Denver's great at home, but you know they're going to lose three games on the road.
3: And I want to touch on one other point that Arash, you brought up a full season of this Lakers team is a top four team in the West. And again, I don't understand how we can get there when a full season of this Laker team relies on the health of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which I don't think is a sustainable recipe at all, which is the reason why I thought they would miss the play-in tournament from the beginning of the season. Counting on and relying on LeBron and AD to stay healthy at this point in time, I don't think that's a good bet
2: to make. But so what you're saying, and by the way, you're you're totally probably right here. But they're way too deep into this. Like LeBron, I don't want to say that's a lost cause, but they're not going to trade LeBron at this point. So Anthony Davis, that's what you like when when he gets back into like he had a stretch this season where he was maybe like the best player in the league, right? Top five for sure. Then you got to figure out okay, like we got to like move on from him because the the it. The only thing that I can do is when you look at the team that they constructed, say like if they're healthy. What I can't do is say, well, like if they're healthy, they're the best team in the league. But if LeBron goes down and if AD goes, you're one hundred percent right. Historically speaking, you, you just look at the last few seasons; they're not going to play the full season. They're not even going to play seventy five percent of the season. So you're you're not wrong. But then at that point, then they just have to like totally hit the reset button do you think that they would actually consider they, that they will if, not if
3: this season goes awry let's say let's say somehow they finish in ninth or tenth they lose the first play-in game right yeah and then they're eliminated you don't think that there's any chance at a at a reset button
2: no i, I don't think so i i don't think that they can get back anything near the return that they can get if those guys are healthy and i know that they, there's a, beyond a huge if like it's not going to happen i They really do have to be, and they've kind of already done this to a certain extent with the second night of a back-to-back. They have to treat them like Kawhi and Paul George, where you you just sit them even if they're healthy, which I know frustrates fans, but they really do have to, and they kind of have to a certain degree. So I I don't want to knock them, but this is your version of Kawhi and Paul George. They're not going to play a ton of games together. They're going to sit out games when they're healthy. They're not going to play the second night of a back-to-back. But at this point in time, you're not going to trade LeBron for, like, any value. Same with Anthony Davis. I know we'll get into this more
3: in segment two, but imagine a scenario, and I know this is real doomsday. Lakers finish in the nine seed. They have yeah. the home game in the first playing game, and they lose at home and their season ends. I find it very difficult to believe that Laker fans will go into the offseason okay with this product returning if that happens.
2: Which, by the way, it might. It might happen that way. That is a great point, and we'll talk about that when uh, we come back because I agree with you. It's hard to run it back with a team that loses before the playoffs start. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk more about the Lakers and the Clippers and where both teams end up heading into the postseason when we come back on the mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
1: We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier
2: 1090 ESPN Radio. Steel clown underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Rushmore Kanzi show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now and join our good friend Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? Doing well, guys. Uh, another bout of rain,
0: hopefully for the last time yeah. until summer. <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, God God's crying because uh, the Lakers and the Clippers uh, <laughs> find themselves in a tough spot right now, I guess.
2: <laughs> all right, we've been talking a lot about the Lakers, but you brought this up. Um, all right, a couple of things, right? So you you touched on it. Uh, the current state date of the Clippers, and now we're finding out via Shams and some of our friends who cover the team. Uh, and again. Big picture happy that Paul George didn't hurt it hurt himself worse. It does look like not only will he be out for the rest of the regular season, he will most likely be out of the if they're in the play-in tournament, first round of the playoffs. So I mean, if there's that four-five matchup, for example, Grant with the Suns, it doesn't look like the Clippers will have Paul George. Before we talk about Paul George, how do you feel about the Clippers as they close out the season?
0: This is a tough three-game stretch right here. Um, They go to Memphis tonight They play Memphis again in Memphis on Friday Um, And then a back-to-back which I'm assuming Kawhi Leonard will not be playing There's been questions about him playing back-to-backs. I'm assuming he's not gonna play one of those two matchups Then they play the Pelicans on Saturday in the second night of that back-to-back This is a tough stretch especially when you're only a half game up on the Golden State Warriors Um, the West I mean, I guess 4 through 12 or 11 is separated by 2 to 3 games. So the Clippers, you know, there's a lot of talk about them. Oh, it's going to be 4-5, or Suns-Clippers. That's not a foregone conclusion yet. The Clippers could still be a play-in team, especially without Paul George. Um, they're missing that wing defense that he brings. But there's a lot of optimism. Norm Powell's coming back. Bones Highland has been playing very well. Um, they just announced, I guess they just announced, Ty Luce said that Nick Batum is going to be in the starting lineup going forward. And Marcus Morris seemingly is out of the, the rotation, which to me feels <laughs> like I, I feel like I'm dreaming. I feel like this is simulation right now. Simulation um, you right now. Robert Covington didn't even log that many minutes, but still, he's probably going to be that backup four or five. So there's a lot of things to be optimistic about, but there's also a lot of things to be worried about, right? Kawhi Leonard, to me, in the past couple games, I've watched it very, very closely. It seems like his legs are kind of giving out on him a little bit. I mean, I know he had that facial contusion, but he just seems like he's not moving as well as he did in that stretch where he was averaging 50-50-90 splits. Um, So I don't know if he's maybe saving his legs for the playoffs or whatever it may be, but Ty Luce now announced that he's going to go with a 9-10 man rotation, which is really good because you get to see the best players on the court at the best times and for the Clippers it's just win as much as possible I guess I mean they have such a tough upcoming stretch that you just gotta focus on winning games and not worry about the standings not worry about who's behind who is in front of you and can they do it yeah will they probably not because they just don't have the personnel without Paul George and the stardom without Paul George so it's a tough stretch. It's going to be really tough, not just for the Clippers, but for everybody in that fourth through eleven.
2: Great. We we touched on this. I mean, the Clippers have, and again, it's for them to do this in two thousand and twenty three, I think it's why Kawhi loves this uh, team. Um, remember when Kawhi went down? They didn't fully reveal the extent of his injury till the season was over. It was it was very much a series to series, week to week, like you know. He's out this week. He's out for this series. Um, I hope this is not the case and we have not gotten like any um, indication that, that it is, but do you think that now that, okay, you know, he's for sure out for the regular season. Okay. He's for sure out for the first round of the playoffs. Do you, do you just your gut here? I guess. I mean, do you get a sense that this could be worse?
0: Uh, yeah, for, for Paul George. I mean, he, he had his podcast on Monday and he, he kind of said, look, I'm, I'm not going to put a timetable on anything. Um, You know, a a positive sign that he did say was that shortly after that injury, um, he couldn't walk on it going off the court, but when he got to the back, it started to just feel sore. It started to feel a little better, which to me is a pretty good sign. But in my eyes, I think that the Clippers are just planning on not having him for the first round at all. I, I really think that, you know, for him, that type of injury is not something, I know Giannis came back whenever he did, but for him, it just seems like the the consensus around the team and the consensus around media right now is that he's not going to be available for that first round series and that's if they make that first round series so i do think that it's a little bit more than what they're telling us reevaluated in two to three weeks does not mean you're back in two to three weeks that just means okay we're going to see how the swelling goes and how you're feeling and then we're going to reevaluate you again in another two weeks so it's looking more and more like a four to six week injury rather than a two to three which for them, doesn't bode well because if you go and play the Suns, you're going to need a wing defender to guard some of those guys. And that's probably not going to happen. So they just got to find a way. I, I feel like the 3-6 the, the matchup is probably better for them. But, again, jockeying for standings at this point in, in the season, is, is pretty. it's not ideal. It's really not. And, Grant, um, we talked
1: about this in the first segment. Armand is not on the Lakers train. He thinks they're going to get exposed again <laughs> today and lose to the Bulls. Some people are saying they'll be. I think this is really an opportunity to show Moxie, go up there and beat them to a pulp based on the disrespect that they got. <laughs> uh, on, I mean, sorry if you got yeah. any if you're a, if you're a man like you're gonna get disrespected like <laughs> I love that at it. home. Yeah. Like, like how many boys they got in there, Rob? I want to see men come out. I want to see want, if Angela Russell's I want a man. Brandon
2: to give the pregame speech. <laughs> yeah. Come on, bro. Who's the man like, here?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, it's, that's serious. This is like, I mean, it's not, are you are you like strong? Are you tough? That's what I want to see. So, Grant, I know you ex- You texted me you expect him to win today and in Minnesota on Friday. Uh, here we go. What What would that do for the Lakers, and what is your outlook for the rest of the season? Because these next eight, seven games are going to be so important for them
0: right you know the lakers the, the it's not the, a matter of fact of of the rotation i mean it is a little bit of the rotation but i think it's a matter of do you have that fire do you want it enough because the bulls came out on sunday last sunday and said okay we want to beat you and we want to beat you in convincing fashion that was their mentality and they proved it the lakers came out oh we got lebron back let's relax a little bit i think the lakers are going to come out with the same fire that the bulls had on sunday and i don't i wouldn't say put it to them but but come out with that fire like, hey. We're still a contending team when we're healthy, and now that we have LeBron back, we can be that championship team. I think they would come out with that fire and that moxie, like you said, Brandon. I, I wish they would have listened to this this right now because th- that pregame speech would have been amazing. I think they would all have been up <laughs> for that game. Um, but yeah, I think the Lakers look. It's it's now it's a matter of I, I-, I do believe that D'Angelo Russell is going to be back. It remains to be seen what kind of fit that is with LeBron. Um, I think the matter of fact is Anthony Davis has to take more shots. And Armand and Arash and Brandon, you can attest to this. Anthony Davis has to enforce himself into this. I know he's from Chicago, so he'll probably be up for this one a little bit too. Um, but I, I think it's not LeBron. It's not D'Angelo Russell. It's not Malik Beasley. It's Anthony Davis playing like that guy that he can be. And that inconsistency is, is kind of worrying to me. I know that he's going to play for the rest of the season. They don't have any more back to back, So... He's going to be available. It's just a matter of fact of being, hey, get to the low post and dominate because that's what he can do. He can dominate uh, Vucevic. Andre Drummond kind of dominated him in the last game, and I don't think that we'll see that again. I, I hope not because Anthony Davis is a much better player than Andre Drummond. I think we all know that. Um, so I think it's just a matter of fact of establishing yourself, coming out with that fire, having that mentality that you can beat everybody and you want to beat everybody by a lot of points. And that's something that that 2020 team had that they didn't have the best roster on paper, but they had that fire and that grit that you need as a contending team. And I, I just, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it against the bulls and especially against the Timberwolves. That Timberwolves matchup is going kind of under the radar. That is a huge, huge matchup for both teams. I mean, the, the Timberwolves are on a streak right now. I think they've won like what, four or five in a row and the Lakers are, are jockeying for those positions too. So tough schedule for both the Clippers and the Lakers but I mean I think for the Lakers it's more bleak because you gotta you gotta go into each game and you gotta say this is a must-win game you can't just say oh well we got LeBron back we'll coast a little bit yeah we lost we'll get the next one no you gotta win as many as possible
3: yeah Grant let's play this out hypothetically we talked about this in the first segment how confident would you be if you're the Lakers going into a series against either Denver or Memphis in round one hypothetically
0: I'd be more comfortable going up against Denver than Memphis just because, because Memphis plays in transition a lot. Um, the Lakers' transition defense is not that good. Um, the, the Grizzlies like to get out, play fast with energy. They have a lot of guys that fly around it. I think that's just a bad matchup for the Lakers. With the Nuggets, they play, I wouldn't say a slower offense, but they play more half-court offense with Nikola Jokic, you know, controlling a lot of that. And I think Anthony Davis, every time Anthony Davis goes up against Nikola Jokic, he holds his own, and I think that the Nuggets, uh, you know Jamal Murray. There's still a question mark right now with Jamal Murray. He's been playing well his past couple of games, but he hasn't been that second star, uh, I guess you could say that they need him to be. Um, yes, he's been playing well, but there's a lot of question marks with the Nuggets in terms of you know can they defend? They're, they're middle of the pack in defense as well. The Grizzlies are number one or number their top three, one of those. So the defense is yes, there's a big there's a big gap. Like I I, I think the Nuggets. Defense wouldn't be able Who are you going to put on LeBron? I guess you could say Aaron Gordon. You're not going to put, you know, KCP on him. So I think that the Lakers match up a lot better with the Nuggets. Um, but here's the thing, Armand. You can't just say, okay, it's going to be 8 1 or it's going to be 7 2, you know, in terms of the matchups. The Lakers got to get out of the play in first if they're yeah. going to have one of these matchups. I think, you know, oftentimes we get a little bit too ahead of ourselves in these. Like, we're saying the Clippers four or five with the Suns, the Lakers. Who are they going to match up? You still got to get out of that play-in. and the Warriors could very well drop into that seven. And you got to play the Warriors in a play-in matchup. So jockeying and the, and the seedings it makes it tough to, to, to project into the future. But I think that you know if they were to choose between the two, I'd say Denver's a better matchup for them.
2: Also, uh, this week, guys. It's opening day. Again, long season ahead of us, but obviously everyone's very excited about opening day. The Dodgers begin their season on uh, Thursday. Um, Grant, this is the first opening day where I'm not... It's nothing that I'm not excited, but I think like everyone's picking the Padres to win the division. There are a lot of people's pick to go to the World Series, perhaps win the World Series. By the way, could be an amazing time period in San Diego sports. You got San Diego State in the Final Four. Padres are the prohibitive favorites to maybe go to the World Series. Uh, Grant, your thoughts as we head into um, Hope Any Day here?
0: Yeah, you know, it is a weird opening. First of all, because it's not even opening day. Usually it's a day game. This is opening night. We're going to be playing a night game at Dodger Stadium uh, on Thursday night, which is going to be pretty cool. But, um, you know, the more and more that I watch, I know I've been kind of pessimistic about the Dodgers over the the past couple of weeks and months. I think that the Dodgers, the more and more I watch them, they have a pretty solid team. I mean, J.D. Martinez had three hits last night against the Angels. He looked really good. Um, You know, Miguel Vargas is a really good defender. Um, you have the lineup to do it. It's just a matter of fact of putting it together and staying healthy with it. Um, you know, the Dodgers, in my opinion, their staff's going to be okay. The rotation's going to be okay. It's just the depth that kind of gets me, you know, because the angels, what they did is they added the, to the depth of their lineup and they really enforced that. They said, okay, we have guys injured. We're probably going to have guys injured. Let's you know bolster that depth that they have. The Dodgers didn't really do that. They kind of just refined around the edges, let guys go. You know, worked around the, the the salary, the financials, and will that bite them? Maybe, but I think that the you know people are kind of writing off the Dodgers as contenders just because they lost trade Turner. You know, they, they lost you know some of the core guys that they had for those those World Series runs. But this team, they have a lot of young talent. They have one of the best uh, minor league systems in the league. Still, they they can bring up guys: Bobby Miller, Pepeo, um, Michael Grove, Bush. They have these guys that aren't just you know regular prospects these are guys that can contribute at the MLB level James Outman is a guy that I am really high on but he made the opening day roster um, he looks really good uh, so they have a lot of, of unproven talent but talent that can be really good so The Dodgers I think will still be competitive. I don't think that they win the division. I do think that they will be a wildcard team. I still think that the Padres are probably the class of that division, but the Dodgers are not going to fall out of that playoff race. They're going to be solidly in there. And I just don't think uh, Dodger fans have to realize it's not going to be like it was in years past. We have to accept that as fans. They're still going to be very competitive though. Yeah. And Grant,
1: I wanted to ask you about the angels because. You know, we talk about them a lot, and this is a do-or-die year for them. We thought it would be last year. They had a blazing start last year. Um, their over-under is 82 wins. Uh Everyone expects them, last year expected them to get 90. They got, you know, they got like 78, 80 or something like that. Their lineup's so nasty. And the way Sandoval pitched in, in the WBC, they got young Reed Detmers, they got Tyler Anderson, who's had a great spring. I mean, he's an inning theater. You know what he's going to do. He's going to give you a three to four ERA, like in between there. It's not going to be above 4 not going to be below three. Get you like almost 200 innings. What do you expect for them this year? Because I think what can go wrong will go wrong. I think they'll miss the playoffs again. But I'm hoping because this is the best roster I think they've had in 10 plus years. I really hope this because of their lineup really hope this is the year. What are your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I, you know the Angels. Like I said, you know when I was mentioning the Dodgers, is that their depth was one of the things that hurt them last year, right? Because you know Mike Trout was out for forty games. They had you know Fletcher was out for a while, and they didn't have anybody to kind of fill those roles. They had Andrew Velasquez playing short, who couldn't hit over one fifty. Now they have guys like Drury. They have Renfro. They have you know even Joe Adele has looked pretty good. I know they sent him to AAA, but he's looked pretty good. They have Logan Ohapi, who's one of the top prospects in all of baseball. They have a lot of pieces that you know you can say okay they, they'll get injured but now they have the depth to kind of back it up and you know the rotation last year i feel like wasn't really the issue which is crazy because we always say that pitching is what they need go get pitching in the offseason go get pitching but it was actually their their offense that kind of sputtered when those guys came out of the lineup and you know with the angels i feel like the rotation with sandoval having a great world baseball classic showy otani looks better than he's ever looked as a pitcher in my opinion he's he could be a Cy Young candidate um you have two guys like that at the top with Reed Detmers um you know you, you, you mentioned a lot of the bullpen pieces that they have too you know Ben Joyce I feel like is can be one of the best relievers in the league when they give him the chance Ben Joyce is really electric so the Angels it, we say this almost every year though they have what it takes on paper but when it gets to the season they kind of crumble they fall off Phil Nevin is not a bad manager by any stretch of the magic. I feel like he did kind of a good job after Joe Madden left last year. And, you know, their pitching coach is really good. They have it on paper. I just, I would love to see them put it together in reality because they have what it takes. Rendon has to stay healthy. Mike Trout has to stay healthy. Otani's going to stay healthy and he's always going to be good. But the guys around them, I, I feel like they have a better depth than this year than they did last year.
3: Grant, in terms of sleeper teams that people are not talking about,
0: can you give us a sleeper team in the NL and one in the AL? Sure. I, in, in the AL, it's kind of not a sleeper, but it kind of is, is the Guardians. People are talking a lot about the AL East and the Yankees, and the, you know, they're talking about the AL West with the Astros and the Mariners. But the Guardians last year, they were just a fluke run. That wasn't just a sleeper run. The Guardians actually had really good pitching. They have a great young core. They just signed Andres Jimenez to a a six-year, eight-year deal where they kind of got him on a steal. He was one of the best second basemen in all of baseball, and he still is. You have Jose uh, Ramirez, who's always an MVP candidate. You added Josh Bell to that core. You have a pretty solid lineup. I think they're going to win that division pretty handily. I know the White Sox got a little bit better. Um, They lost Jose Abreu, which is a big blow. But I think the Guardians and the AL could be one of the teams that is a really big sleeper to be not just winning the division, but to win a title. I, I really think that they'll probably be buyers at the deadline as well. They have a lot of prospects. One of the top um, you know, minor league systems in the league and the NL, I, I, it, it's so tough because the Marlins got better in that NL East, but the NL East is just such a big division with the Phillies. You know, you have the Mets, um, you even have the Braves. So that division is probably going to be like the Western Conference in the NBA this year where everyone's just beating up on each other. Um, but in the NL, I, maybe the Dodgers? The Dodgers are kind of sleeping under the radar. I know like in a lot of power rankings, they're top 10, but you know the, the, the lines for them are like, oh, 85, 88 wins. They could be a sleeper that I feel like people aren't going to know when it comes down to October and be like, oh, wow, the Dodgers actually have 90 wins. The Dodgers actually have 92 wins and they're getting Walker Buehler back. That's kind of tough. Um, but you know, if you look around the NL, the NL central is kind of weak, uh, the Cardinals, I guess you could say the Cardinals lineup, I will say this is very underrated. They just signed Contreras, uh, one of the best catchers in the league. who was a a hot deadline commodity last year. They still have Aaron, uh, Nolan Arenado. They still have Paul Goldschmidt. They have Mike Mikolas. They have Wayne, Wright. They have kind of a sleeper lineup and sleeper rotation, um, those Cardinals. So if they win that division, which I do think that they will, that they will, that's a team to look out for in the playoffs because they can put it together.
2: Last 90 seconds, we have a crazy Final Four. Uh, you know, not so much for ticket sales. It is a record low for ticket sales. You can make your way into the Final Four uh, this weekend for less than $100. You can make it into the championship game on Monday for less than 75 Probably won't do great TV ratings. But you got San Diego State, Florida, Atlantic. And then you got uh, UConn versus Miami, Grant, real quick, who's oh. playing each other and who do you got win the whole thing? Uh, you know,
0: I, I think Yukon is probably the best out of those four. I mean, they've been beaten up on everybody, but Miami's not I mean, those guards that Miami has, they they're really they're really good. And and I don't think you can sleep on them. I mean, Florida Atlantic, they've had a really good run and they're a really good team, composed of guys that we didn't really think would be that good. And they're kind of making this Cinderella run, but I think that Yukon is probably the cream of the crop. They have probably the most talent, I wouldn't say the most talent, but the most dominant talent that you can get out of those four. So I think that UConn will probably beat Miami. And I think they'll win the national championship, but it's kind of cool to see no one seeds in the final four. It's actually really cool.
2: It's really fantastic. There's been an amazing tournament in terms of a 16 beating a one, no number one seeds. You got three teams in there for the first time. Uh, Also, obviously for us, you know, great moment for San Diego State. Uh, in a great time period now. you got the Padres as being World Series favorites. you got San Diego staying in the Final Four. All right, Grant, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. (laughs)
0: This is the Arash Markazi show on the mightier 1090 ESPN radio.
2: Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, come see chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Chance is as we
0: bury brothers close to home. What was a friend now ago?